Mills. Oh, ankle-breaking three. Patty Mills. Yes, sir. Better not hold that too long. Who knows what'll happen? That's right. It's NBA Strayer. How are you going? Hey, gun. That's right. It's Tuesday. What? The Jimmy, where was Monday show? That's right. October 26. And I'm your host. A 90% recovered James Clements. Uh, I'm a writer sometimes. Rolling Stone, Dribble J, Junkie. Whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in no longer lockdown. Larry Armour Studios hanging out. Uh, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season. That's right. Almost done with week one. We actually are done with week one. We're going to have a big week one wrap-up tomorrow. That'll be nice. Uh, but remember, we're here repping Straya. That's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously. Uh, we'll leave that for the nerds. We do have a serious bit at the start of today's show about Ben Simmons. The rest of it, though, absolute bullshittery. <laughs> That's what we do. So the first week, weekend of the season's done. Now it really feels like the season's back, doesn't it? And uh, because we missed yesterday's show, because I was sick as a dog, I've got the weekend plus Monday and Tuesday, winners and losers. <laughs> a big four-day wrap-up show today. Jesus! Uh, we've also got a juicy slab, but that's not an knife. Old mate, no mate, spud of the night, better than Lonzo Ball, dickhead of the weekend. We've got yeah, Nas. Actually got a bunch of listener yeah, Nas today. Uh, thanks for sending, sending those through. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And, of course, our back takeouts, where we're serving up two Flame Grill takes. Uh, we've got an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba Award today, which is a pretty easy one for me because it's just a bit of excellence out there. Uh, and we'll skip the Australian Player Watch today. We'll keep that up for tomorrow and stuff. And then we'll just do the game previews uh, for tomorrow, along with the picks. Right, that might be it. And I don't think I can stomach doing a skit at the end of the show today. <laughs> Might be a bit rough, uh, so maybe we'll rerun something. There you go. All right, let's get to it. Episode 684 of NBA Australia. Let's go. All right, support for NBA Australia is always brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. And Manscaped offers precision, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. You heard that right, the 4.0. How good is that one? So join over 2 million men worldwide to trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Seriously, get right around it. Do it right now. Get in time for Christmas. If you need something, basically, if you just saying, if you want your uh, significant other to maybe just shout you one of these, get right around it right now. Just in time for Chrissy. Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYER. 20% of free worldwide shipping. I've told you before, I'm one of the first people to try the new Ford Porno, and I'll tell you what, I was blown away by it. I love it. It's got a light. I love the ceramic blade. Oh, God, the advanced skinscape technology. I feel confident shaving my boys, and you can too with Manscaped. Uh, you've also got trim guards. You've got wireless charging. It's got all the good stuff. Look, if you've been using your face trimmer on your nuts, you're doing it wrong because then you're doing it back the other way, aren't you? Using your nut trimmer on your face. Gross! 
Come on. It's time to get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Strayer. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off free shipping with the code Strayer at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code Strayer. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools to look after your jewels, a.k.a. the right tools for the job at Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better if you're Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen. Hello. At the Austin Grand Prix, how good was it to see Shaq out there standing in the middle of the podiums after the Grand Prix, and he's taller than everybody who are on the podiums. <laughs> he's not on the podium! Unbelievable. I love it. Uh, yeah, just a nice little reminder that all the little F1 drivers are tiny little people. All right, let's get stuck into today's show, the way we start every show, with the daily whip around. That's right. So, as mentioned on Twitter, Facey, I believe, uh, yeah, we missed yesterday's show because your old mate Jimmy over here uh, was absolutely stricken yesterday. And it was the bad stricken where you're like, oh, I'm feeling a bit off, maybe, I don't know. Look, if I was even feeling a hint off, whatever, doesn't matter. I'd fucking plow through, do the show. This was me just fucking wiped. I couldn't, like, sit up. (laughs) It was fucked. So, not ideal. And, like, when you have a sick day, like, if you know you're going to have a sick day, you're like, oh, I'll just sort of actually maybe enjoy this. Me, I was like, ah, oh, look, this will go away at some point and then I'll do the show. I'll, you know, power through because I'm tough. It got to 4.30 or so. I'm like, I'm fucked. This is not going to go. I'm not going to be able to do the show. Jesus, what's going on? And they just ended up, you know, in bed the rest of the night. It was fucking brutal. Um, so, yeah, some food poisoning or gastro or something. It was just not ideal, you know? A lot of running back and forward, a lot of trying your hardest not to ruin a couch or the bed. <laughs> but look, um, like as I mentioned at the top, 90% all right now. Like the old tummy's just a little bit little bit tender, but it's not too bad. The big problem, of course, was the uh, squid. So he woke up this morning. I, uh, you know, got him out of bed. I woke up, went, oh, I'm feeling all right. This is cool. I'll get the little, little fella out of bed. Checked him on the uh, old ring camera that he's still got in his room. He was still asleep, gave him a couple of minutes, heard his voice. I'm like, oh, I'll go grab him. And, uh, yeah, you know, the old fucking, oh, shit. Is he all right? Big poo explosion. What has happened? Cleaned him up, and he's like, oh, I did a vomit, Dad. I vomited. I'm like, fuck, really? Where? He's like, in bed. I tried to do another one, and I couldn't. I'm like, oh, Christ. Are you sure? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't see it anywhere. Anyway, he did a massive spew in the car <laughs> just after that. It's like, all right, he's fucked. And uh, ever since then, not ideal. But look, uh, thanks to everyone for the kind words. He's now doing fine. He like After that big, big spew, he basically posted up with me on the couch watching what Charlotte and Boston and then some of the NFL and then uh, some of Portland Clippers, and he was fine. So um, he's sort of cruising along now, okay, just you know, keeping tabs on him. Making sure he's nice and hydrated. Same as me. Here we go. Drink your water, Jimmy. Drink, drink it up. Oh, that's good. 
H2O. Uh, so, yeah. Look, we never miss shows here on NBA Australia, so I felt desperately bad about it yesterday. Uh, but even, like, really just couldn't fucking do much about it. Of course, the giddy stuff was popping off yesterday, so I managed to tweet about that, but just very little else. So uh, let's get into the news because because this is a Tuesday show now. It feels like a million years ago, but we got fi- final confirmation. Ben Simmons. Not mentally ready, uh, not in the right spot to play. For the Sixers, now do you remember this? It was Saturday. And uh, Philly then proceeded to score one point in the final five minutes against Brooklyn, which was kind of funny, and they blew the game. 16-1 to run. Trying to figure out if Doc was trying to blame that on Ben, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, it was a wild, wild scene. And so I did a post about uh, Simo and the idea of him coming out and talking about his mental health and saying specifically that he's not mentally in the right place for him to play. And how I think, look, that's fine, right? That's where we're at. Because I tend to think that, look, mental health can be pretty simple at times and also not very simple. That's just mental health. That's how it goes. You know? Because it takes guts to say, yep, I'm struggling. And I'll support people coming out and saying, I'm not in a right spot for this. And here we are. So... Simmons apparently met with the Sixers medical professionals and Doc in the front office, told them he's not mentally ready to play up to his expectations. He talked to his teammates. They came out and supported him. And they now have to evaluate him and see what's going on based on the determination of medical professionals, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. Um, But really, it sort of just comes down to the crux of the matter of saying, yes, I'm struggling My mental health isn't exactly where it needs to be right now. Uh, Good on him for saying that. Because just imagine the pressure and stress he'd be under. It's just crazy. It's immense. And no matter how rich you are, how successful you are, your mental health can still cop a beating, obviously, just like fucking everybody else. Athletes acknowledging that, I think, is good. Makes it, you know, a little bit easier for other folks to go, yeah, shit, if I'm struggling, boom. So are other people. We get it no matter how successful they might be, no matter how rich they might be. We've seen a lot in the AFL. We've seen it, obviously, in sport, other sports. To have the guts to come out and say it is huge. And what I don't like is people saying he's faking it. Because, like, that's bullshit. Because how the fuck are you to know? How are we to know? I mean, just look back at the last six months for this bloke. Like, just absolutely copying it from all sides after the Atlanta series, including me, of course. Look, my point is always going to be, I'm going to shit on you for performance. If you perform shitly or you act like a fuckhead, guess what? I will call you out. Um, But after the Hawks series and then the bullshit leaking out of like, oh, he's thinking about not playing for Australia and then everyone going, oh, here we go. And uh, he's going to go work on his game, boom. Then getting roasted for being in Wimbledon. Uh, All the off-season stuff, whatever, the trade demands. Look. It's definitely understandable if he were to be dealing with some mental health struggles. All the family stuff that was detailed, all the fallout from that Hawks series of Doc and Joel. But, look, we get it. Also, what I don't like as well, though, and I've said this before, is using mental health as a get-out-of-jail-free card or a way to deflect criticism, you know? Or escape the repercussions of your shitty actions. Because, like, if you act like a fuckhead, then you can be called out for acting like a fuckhead. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, if you say, oh, I've got mental to health problems, like, well, it doesn't excuse you for acting like a fuckhead. I mean, we understand why you might be acting like a fuckhead, you know? It's like, well, it might not be in remote control. It's like, all right, cool. Now let's work through it. And because if you blame that sort of stuff on mental health issues, you, well, you better damn well apologize to around, you know, those around you or those affected by it. And if you do that and ask them for a bit of understanding as you try to work through it all, then that's good, right? Um, I think this has been my stance from the very start. I, I very much wish that Ben had been, uh, I don't know, or at least approached this with extreme honesty from the very start, right? Like after the Hawk series, he alluded to it. It's like, yeah, mentally I wasn't there on the offense, etc. And I think pulling out of the Olympics would have been a good moment, obviously, for him to explain it to everybody, right? Like, I'm not in a good place right now mentally, and I need to get right. I don't know if it's his pride or something like that that has sort of maybe stopped him from doing that. He didn't want to be seen as weak. Who knows? But I think if he had have said it at that point, and it seems like it would have been an understandable sort of position for him to take, I think we would have all understood, empathized, and we all probably would have moved on. A little bit. But this whole, like, waiting this long, skipping Olympics, going on holiday with your missus, issuing a fucking trade demand, not showing up to training camp, refusing to fucking see your teammates or even speak to them and the team. Meanwhile, you're posting, you know, pictures of you and the Rari on IG and all that sort of shit. It means that asking for and getting our understanding probably takes a little bit uh, more. <laughs> it might sit a little bit funky with people. And... Obviously, some people see it as a uh, an easy excuse for him to use mental health, health issues and still get paid at the end of the day, right? Because if you're dealing with mental health issues, then that's an easy way to sort of uh, go, right, well, I don't want to play for this team. I'm dealing with this. This way, I still get paid. People have taken that stance. Me, I want to believe Ben and take him at his word. Uh, from the view on the outside, it's wildly understandable, as I said. And he spoke to his teammates at this point. He spoke to his team. They came out in support of him. Joel did on the court. Ben's still our brother, he said. Tobias Harris had a really good post about backing him up. And I'll take that. I'll take that. At face value, because I have no other insight. And I feel like we should all do likewise, right? Like, so good on him for at least acknowledging this, speaking to his teammates, and seemingly trying to work through, or at least on this. But, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe it's like he's shooting and he says, I'm going to... I'm going to try to work through it or whatever and just it never happens. Or It's going to be fascinating to see what happens next. The one thing that keeps jarring my brain, though, is the Olympic thing. Like, if you don't think Ben, being with that group, that boomers group of four weeks, would have done fucking wonders for his mental health and his game, then you're more high than my fucking mate Tall Kane. So either way, it's a wild, wild time for Philly. And since that came out on Saturday... And I uh, was there writing the post Saturday morning about Ben and mental health and all that sort of stuff. Just sitting there in the Reg Grundies at the table while the squid was getting out of bed. I'm like tap, tap, tapping away. And it's always going to be just a tricky fucking situation. Like people are going to believe what they want to believe. But I want to believe pretty much without reservation. Folks going, look, I'm struggling. Yeah, cool. All right, we've got my empathy and maybe my understanding. And here we are. 
Let's see what happens. Right, what else happened on the weekend? Uh, more news. AD versus Dwight. They got into it on the bench. That was pretty funny. AD gave Dwight the old front wedgie. Jesus. That's nuts there, Dwight. Uh, enjoyed some of the ideas of uh, what happened. Maybe it was uh, Dwight complaining that AD made it to the top 75 list and uh, Dwight didn't. My thought was maybe Dwight said, Hey, uh, AD, do you want me to show you my uh, snake collection? And AD said, You need to put that the fuck away, sir. <laughs> but I did love Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Magic tweeted out Dwight Howard and AD got into a physical altercation on the bench. In my 42 years of being associated with the Lakers organization, I've never seen something like that smack my head. Jesus. If you've angered Magic, you've done something real fucking bad. Uh, Players of the Week were announced as well, which is kind of fun and kind of nice. Miles Bridges from Charlotte. That's right, Miles Bridges. Pretty gnarly. Loved it. And, of course... Steph Curry, out there having an absolute fucking ripper of a start to the season. He's looking great. That's kind of fun. And in terms of other news, there wasn't a giant amount of stuff going on. So, kind of nice. Look, there was a little bit... Oh, in addition addition to the uh, Ben Simmons thing as well, it does mean that he's not getting fined anymore. So, the accumulation of the fines for skipping practices, games, etc., now that he's out uh, with uh, personal reasons then he's still getting paid. So good on him. Happy days. That's very nice, (laughs) I guess. All right, what else? Should we do some weekend winners and losers? I think we should. Let's bloody well get to it. Oh, first one of the year. How good is this? Even if it is a day late. (laughs) I think we did off-season winners and losers a lot anyway, but let's do it. Oh, my God. I won. I won. Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is me, Kent Brockman. Can we get a shot of me? There you go. In other news, a tragic mix-up today in Cleveland. Many people killed. Uh, Goodbye. (laughs) I love it. Had to play it all the way out. Let's do it. Winners from this weekend, plus Monday and plus today. Obviously, Charlotte. First three and zip start in franchise history, which is crazy. Loved it, though. And then they lose today in overtime against uh, the Bostons. Uh, but damn, they are crushing it. They, I really enjoy the look of this Charlotte team as well. And I'll get to it in a second. But, like, Hayward looks spry. Lamello is looking amazing. Plums has fit in really, really, really well. Old Mason Jar Plumley. And the second winner of the weekend is Miles Bridges. I mentioned this. He just won Player of the Week. He had his first consecutive 30-point games in his entire career, and he's been amazing. And look, I talked about this at the end of last week and actually in the season preview. It's exactly what I talked about for Charlotte. Letting Monk go, Devontae Graham going, look, you clear out the rotation just a little bit, and it lets your existing dudes shine. You bring in Book Knight, it's a rookie, that's fine. You let him come along at his own pace. But it does just clear out A, some of the issues, B, some of the shots, and C, some of the egos, and just, like, the mouths you need to feed, and it makes it a lot easier. Like, when you've got dudes who are shoot-first guards, like Terry Rose, like Devontae Graham, and uh, Malik Monk, all on the same roster. I mean, I've talked about this time and time again. 
you're going to have one of them maybe go off and then the other two might just sort of stink. And if you get one of them going off at the same time as that other one, then you're all on a good thing. But it seems like this is just spread out across the rest of the roster. A healthy Hayward makes it a lot easier. A second-year Lamello makes it a lot easier. But also, it does give dudes like Miles Bridges a little bit more room to breathe and show what they can do. I mean, he's up 6% already on last year in terms of his usage percentage, which is massive. And he's been exactly sort of who they thought they were getting when they drafted him, which is sort of that do-everything physical wing. He could just do a little bit more off the pop, off the dribble, and you're like, here we go. This is the Miles Bridges we were promised, and I love it. So he's a weekend winner. He's kind of like maybe a season-long winner too. You know, most improved player, question mark? Uh, Golden State, their weekend winners cruising. Cruising along, crushing expectations, defying expectations. It's just Steph. That Clippers game they won was amazing. Then they turned around and uh, were down against the Kings and then held them off and won. Like, Poole is filling in for Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole. Filling in admirably for Clay. And you got the likes of Damian Lee popping off. You've got a rejuvenated Draymond. Wiggins is being Wiggins. Which is, hey, did you need 17 and 7 this evening? Okay, I've got you. I'm getting paid $25 million. Uh, but at least they look the goods. And Steph is just doing everything. Can't wait to see how this unfolds over the next couple of weeks and if they can sort of keep this uh, energy, this pace. Because if they can, I kind of love it. Denver! Weekend winners. Look, until today, they were rolling with wins over the Suns and the Spurs. They lose to the uh, next team on this list, actually. Uh, because that's what both of these teams I'm about to talk about would do. Denver Denver without Jam and Jamal have a uh, slightly lower margin for error because if Michael Porter Jr. isn't firing, you suddenly obviously don't have Jamal uh, to be sort of maybe that's, I don't know, steadying influence or at least the sort of release valve, maybe just a little. And MPJ has not been firing. <laughs> to put it nicely... He's, uh, tell you what, not going great, bro. Not going great. So they lose today to, get this, oh, yeah. Cleveland! And uh, they'll be the next team on the list. But MPJ's just shot. Look, maybe he needs the vaccine because <laughs> it's, he's allergic to making shots at the moment. 6 of 10, 3 of 10, 4 of 14. Oof. That is uh, not a great three games from MPJ. But Denver, look, this is pretty much what we should expect from them all year. Without Jam and Jamal, you've got Joker, you've got MPJ. MPJ will turn it on for just long stretches. But their margin for error is much bigger now without Jam and Jamal. And Cleveland, Cleveland are the next one because, look, they dropped their first two games and they punk the Hawks and the Nuggets. And that's how their year is going to go as well, right? Like, they've got just enough talent. Teams will sleep on them, though. And if... It, Look, Evan Mobley's amazing. He scored, basically contributed a run in the third quarter that blew this game open today. Like, with a 10-point uh, sort of burst that he was involved in on every single possession and just looking like a heady vet. It's incredible. And Jared Allen is destroying motherfuckers. Larry Markkinen put Joker in a grave. But anyway, look, they'll keep being a smoky and people won't realize until, like, maybe halfway through the season. Um... Because, like, Mobley and Allen are terrifying. Sex Man, the Sex Land backcourt of Colin the Sex Man Sexton and Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, 
will also get you going here and there. You'll have not Dirk Markkinen, Lowry, that's a girl's name, Markkinen, the finisher, and Kevin Love. Like, if they do something, like Kevin Love today at 22-6, and six, but, I mean, everything they give you at this point is gravy because Alan and Mobley and Sexman and Darius have been really good. Isaac Okoro, look, he's not starting. He should be. It's a bit weird, but maybe they'll figure that out. The Cavs, their rotations are weird, but I kind of love them. Yeah. Speaking of which, weekend winners, Kevin Love might have finally realized that if he plays well, he might get traded away from Cleveland. Cleveland! 22 and 6. Unbelievable. Love that. The Chicago Bulls! The only unbeaten team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you heard that right. The only unbeaten team in the Eastern Conference is the Chicago Bulls. I love it. This is great. First time since 1996, the 1996-1997 team. But the best part is, right, the plan is working for the moment. Because today's game against Detroit was perfect, right? Like, you had the balanced attack from all of their big dudes. From Lonzo, Levine, Vooch, and DeRozan there. And, of course, the Caruso leading the league in steals. Um, But then they did the exact same when they played Detroit on the weekend. They have so much... Well, they've got enough talent that they can rely on everyone to be at least okay night in, night out. And that means they'll probably win games. And that's a good place to be. It's as I talked about preseason. If it clicks, it becomes a very high-floor team. And that's how it's gone so far. Because they should be 4-0. Because they've played the Pistons twice, the Pelicans, who are a rabble, and the Raptors, who are the highest variance team in the league at the moment. So, good job, Bulls. 4-0 is awesome. It's looked great. But it should have. <laughs> Because you've just beaten the under-14 fucking Keylor mixed netball team in the Pistons twice. And the Pelicans, who, ugh. But yeah, good stuff. So as long as they start beating good teams, they're going to be laughing. But that's a great start. Good on you, Bulls. Uh, the Wolves, up until today, were two and zip. And I love that Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man, came out after this loss today against the Pals and gave him a rip. He's like, nah, that was bullshit. We played like shit. We had a lot of fire on our asses. We expected to win this one. That one was dumb. We're fucking idiots. And he fucking blew him a new one. It was great. I mean, they were also riding the good parts of this team for the first couple of games, right? Everyone was hitting. Cat and Ant were awesome. D'Lo was knocking in game sealers. And then you saw the inevitable Wolves. Ah, fuck. Game. D'Lo goes 3 of 14 and 1 of 8 from 3. Ant and Cat both shot under 50%. They never looked in it. But look. I think this is a weekend win because the start of the season, the Wolves have actually shown a little bit of evidence that they could be okay. And for the Wolves fans, like all 18 of them, that's massive. Good on ya. Cole Anthony's a weekend winner. Played his little heart out. He got a win against the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City, a.k.a. his hometown. And you love to see it. His mum was there. His dad was, I don't know, hopefully not getting arrested for... Uh, you know, prostitution charges again? <laughs> one of the most underreported stories of uh, recent years but was that one. But anyway, he had uh, 29 against the Knicks, which is amazing. 29 points, 16 rebounds and 8 assists. He lit it up. Didn't have a great one in there, lost to Miami today, but whatever. Uh, love that. I love Cole Anthony. Uh, ja Morant, he's a weapon. More on him later, but Memphis are weekend winners. Uh, they lose to the Lakers, but they absolutely fucking ripped it up against the Clippers. 
They look good. I love them this season. And I think they'll be the one team in the West where you're like, hang on a second. Are they still top three? And out of nowhere. And then the final weekend winner is Carmelo Anthony. Melo, is it me you're looking for? Love it. I went off for 28 against the Grizz and overtook Moses Malone for ninth on the all-time scoring list, which is A, amazing, and B, great for his brand because he now gets to coast off that and the million. And you thought he was washed. <laughs> Tweets for a few weeks while he stinks up the joint, which is what he did all last year with the uh, with the Blazers. You'd have one great game, maybe two great games back-to-back, and then spend the rest of the time going three of nine. Um, but that's great. Ninth all-time. That is huge. Good on you, Melo. Right, let's do a weekend. Losers, though, Jimmy! We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up! Loser. Loser. Losers. Portland. Portland. I think they might just stick. Dame's shooting his way out of town. Nurk's sooking already. They got demolished by the duck man today, Luke Kennard. I mean, what is going on? Chauncey Billups is already ripping them for their energy. It's like, coach, I'm pretty sure that might have something to do with you. Oh, geez, our, our boys weren't really on it today. Well, you're the coach. Do something about it. Unbelievable. The Knicks. Oh, but Jimmy, bro, come on, cut up some slack. They were awesome, bro. No, the Knicks are crushing it, eh? Uh, yeah, they were. <laughs> they start off 2-0. They win that amazing game against the Celtics, the double overtime game. They beat the Magic, and then they turn around and lose to the Magic. Yikah! Classic Knicks, they got us. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to be a Knicks fan, they let T-Ross drop 22 on you in the fourth quarter and you lose to the Magic. Unbelievable. At home. At home of places. Oh, the Mecca. <laughs> the Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers stink. Well, they did until they finally managed to beat a Memphis team that was on an LA, on an LA back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> and it took them to overtime. Unbelievable. Um, that was a fun game. And we already saw the Lakers sort of fall out uh, following the AD Dwight thing. Look, it seems like they squashed that beef very quickly. They were friendly again during the game, whatever. But the Lakers lose to the Warriors, lose to the Suns, then just eke by the Grizzlies. Uh, that wasn't in overtime, in fact, actually, because it was like just at the end, the Grizzlies couldn't quite get it to go. And, uh, look, it was weird. It was fun. And that's why, look, the Lakers are losers just because one and two to start off the season is probably not what everybody expected considering that LeBron, Rusty, and AD are all healthy. So it's funny to me. But at the same time, I think, you know, come back to me like in a month's time and it probably won't be as much funny when they're just cutting sways down. Same goes for Brooklyn. The loss to Charlotte was pretty indicative of what can happen. Uh, to the Nets, they lose to Charlotte on the weekend. Look, they beat the Sixers in a like an absolute squeaker, which was hilarious, and then lose to Charlotte. And that's kind of what happens when your depth is all old guys, uh, really. Because apart from Patty, re- like Patty, absolutely lit it up again today when they beat the Wiz. For the Wizards, actually, uh, first loss of the season, but 
Harden is not good at the moment. He's just gone 5 of 17 for his 14 points today. He was pretty rubbish against Charlotte in that loss. He went 6 of 16. Turned it on here and there against uh, Philly, but, I mean, this is the James Harden we're talking about right now. He's, like, topping out at 20 points a game. He's gone 15 and 14 in the last two. It's a bit of a worry, and... This is, I guess, why you have the built-in redundancy of a Kyrie, where you go, cool. If we have James Harden, we've got Kevin Durant, and if we've got Kyrie, then one and a half of those guys will go off. And Harden, if he's not quite even getting to that half going off, then it gets a lot fucking harder, doesn't it? Jesus. But look, they're sort of scrapping along, and Joe Harris, Patty... There's just not much else that they're getting from Blake. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is popping up here and there, but otherwise it is a bit of a shit show. And they do really just want to keep on playing, like, Paul Thrillsap, which I get. Like, Aldridge had, like, 23 the other day in that uh, Sixers game, which is hilarious. But the Jevion Carter thing is pretty weird. I guess I think the entire point behind it is that they're sort of running him out there instead of Bruce Brown. He's essentially their fucking backup point guard, obviously. They maybe should be just letting Patty do all that. Playing Bruce Brown. Maybe getting some more Cam Thomas out there. I just don't know, but it's a bit of a mishmash at the moment in Brooklyn. I think that's fine, though. I think they understand that they've got Durant. They've got Harden. They're trying to figure out who they can trust, who they can get ready and rearing right now, and they'll be fine. Uh, but the Sixers, similar kind of vibes, right? That loss to Brooklyn was hilarious. And you do figure, like, was Doc just tanking that game to blame it on Ben and then realize that Ben wasn't there and then shit his pants? There was two challenges at the end of that game. that well, they could Two moments where they could have challenged that at the end of that game that he didn't. Out of bounds. And uh, was a chart. And you're just like, what is happening? Doc. Like, Ben gets away from the team and everyone now gets to turn their attention to Doc. So Doc is also a weekend loser because everyone is now, like, remembering how bad of a coach they reckon Doc is. And Doc proceeded to throw a random staffer under the bus about those challenges. He's like, oh, I didn't use them because the staffer who's behind the bench who tells us about that stuff told us not to. Doc, it's the very end of the game. What are you going to do, you idiot? Fucking challenge him. Anyway, Pistons are uh, weekend losers because they cannot score. 88, 82, 104, which came against the Hawks, which isn't a surprise. Brutal. Kane Cunningham's not back from his ankle yet, but shit. Would have expected a little bit more than that from the Pistons. And I'll tell you what, another weekend loser, Killian Hayes. Started the season 1 of 11. He went 4 of 11 against the Hawks, though. So, what, 5 of 22 to start the year? Only 8 assists and 3 turnovers. I know the dude's only 20, but shit. It's his second year. You want him to show something while Cade's out and he's starting at point guard? I mean, what is going on, Killian? Mate. What are you doing? You're absolutely killing him. But that Pistons team, it really is just like one of those moments where like, oh, yeah, they're not good at all. <laughs> it is shocking. Shocking. Speaking of shocking, but not shocking, New Orleans. I think we may have found the, hey, Jimmy, what team in the West will be sneakily fucking horrible this year? They're a train wreck. Like, they beat the goddamn uh, Wolves today. But Zion's got a fucking broken foot that we didn't know about, and they kept secret, and they're like, no, nah, he'll be back to start the season. No, he won't be. And uh, I don't know. Anytime it's a Jones fracture and your fucking dude is 300-odd pounds, 
You really think he's going to come back from that and no problems? He could get up off the fucking couch and break his foot again, looking like the Marshmallow Man. I mean, I'm not one to talk. Oh, Puffy McJimmy over here. <laughs> uh, but the Pelicans, I just hate their roster. Absolutely hate it. And it all started with the Drew Holiday trade. I hated it at the time. It made no fucking sense. Makes less sense now. Losing Lonzo, like, what are y'all doing? It's a mess. It's an absolute shit show there in New Orleans. Hopefully, they can just go, right, fuck it, move to Seattle, and we're going to all move on from the New Orleans basketball experiment. Uh, other weekend losers, anyone who took MPJ, Rusty, or even, as mentioned, James Harden, early, 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 early in their fantasy drafts. Jesus, yikes, a roo. Um, fun thing is, I'm going to do week one overrea- overreactions, underreactions, and uh, a couple of those guys will feature. What do you reckon? Uh, the Raptors. I have zero idea what to make of this team. They're weekend losers. They beat the Celtics and they lose the Mavs and the Bulls. They're winless at home. They're 1-3. and three. And I've said they're the team this year with the biggest variance, right? The range of variance. The biggest range of outcomes. They could win 50 games. They could win 20. And neither would really surprise me. But also, there was a story that came out today. Uh, it turns out one of the head honchos there, one of the owners... I believe they all own like a uh, basically a third of it of the uh, what is it Maple ML Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment or whatever it is, and they tried to kick out Masai Ujiri, and everyone's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Hang on!" So this is the guy who then just got made president of basketball ops and uh, all this sort of insane, amazing stuff, getting paid a shit ton. Because he was that one moron who wanted to get rid of him got overruled by the other two head honchos of the team. Which just sort of begs the question, like, what sort of fucking idiot who tries to get rid of the dude who wins you a title and has consistently shown that he's easily one of the very best executives in all of sport to the point where he's being poached by fucking Premier League teams? Not just the NBA. Holy shit. Like, they've got money to burn up there in Canada as well. It boggles the mind. Like, that someone's like, oh, I'll just, I just don't, like, fucking, nah. What? It turns out this is also the loose cannon dude. He tried to take over his uh, own family company, got booed out by his mum and sister, <laughs> and then said, well, gonna, that's not even the company. This company, oh, I'm, I'm the company, and this is the new board with my five guys. What a shitbird. So go tra- track down that story. Uh, where Roger's communication and Masai, it's just like, it is on, and it's hilarious, and Masai's just like, what the fuck? What is this guy on about? <laughs> anyway, uh, two more. Dwight getting front-wedged by AD. Look, I mean, that's a tough one. Because, I mean, there goes your tough guy cred, right? Like, getting got by a dude as a monobrow, firstly. B, getting front-wedged. Jesus, no one wants that. And finally, losers, because, look, we've got another one that's going to pop up. It came out of that uh, Sixers OKC game, obviously, on the weekend, where Joel Embiid tried to snap our beloved mop-top mumber in half. Uh, that's going to feature firmly in Dickhead of the Weekend, though. The thing that got me more about OKC is that Joel Embiid tried to snap our beloved mop-top mumber in half, and no one on OKC then tried to fucking bash on with Embiid. What a bunch of fucking... Po- Where is Derek Favors? What are you doing on this team apart from to, like, I don't know, put your body on the line and try to protect your fucking teammates? That was fucked. Uh, OKC, okay, I'll tell you what. 
you watch them for more than a couple of minutes and you're like, oh. So the grand experiment of getting a bunch of young dudes, telling them all to go out there and that we're going to lose a bunch because we've got 87 million draft picks and you're easily replaceable if you don't work out, might not be the world's greatest idea because there is zero fucking chemistry on that team. Zero. SGA is just like, I don't want to be here. And if your entire idea is like, oh, we'll build through that draft, but then you keep building through the draft and it's so fucking miserable that the one dude who is like very clearly a star who's already there is just like, this stinks, I want out. You might have uh, overplayed your hand, okay, so just saying. Anyway, I'm just saying, just put the ball in Giddy's hand the rest of the time and giddy up! Right, let's do some game wraps. All we're going to do for the game wraps is absolutely fly through all of the uh, results from the weekend in the last two days. I'm going to do that as quickly as I can right after, let's say this, so I can have a bit of a drink. Oh, I'm a bit dehydrated. Hi, this is Ryan Brocker. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, game wraps, 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 game wraps. All right, game wraps from the weekend. Let's do it. Nets beat the Sixers 114-109. Seth Curry can light it up. I love that. Uh, the Rockets, in a matchup of uh, the two worst teams in the West, beat the absolute shit out of the Thunder 124-91. The Yasmin beat the Kings 110-101 in Sacramento. Thought the Kings might be a little bit of a smoky there. They were officially not because they suck. The Hornets just beat the Cavs. There was a big fight back in that fourth quarter. That was a really fun game, actually. Uh, 123-112. The Knicks kicked the shit out of the Magic 121-96. The Pacers and the Wizards played an absolute belter that went to overtime. The Wizards snuck it out 135 134. Miles Turner had 40 in that game. He was unstoppable, dropping in threes, getting everything. He then turned around and uh, did a Miles Turner in the next game. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, A good win for the Wizards. And I believe we had the Pacers plus one and a half in that one. So that tip actually won (laughs) by a half point. The Raptors went into Boston to beat the Celtics 115-83. Scotty Barnes was tearing it up in that one. The rookie, 25-13 and for him. The Bulls beat the Pelicans 128-112. The Nugs beat the Spurs 102-96. And the Suns just... The Lakers just looked all out of that game, didn't they? 115-105. It was basically over by three-quarter time. Sunday's games, we had Cleveland. What? Cleveland! Beating the Hawks. Unbelievable. See, this is what I was talking about. Like, teams are going to go against Cleveland. Cleveland! I think they can sleepwalk through it, and they can't. 101-95. The Pacers beat the Heat, which was hilarious because this was the uh, turnaround Miles Turner game. <laughs> Where you're like, he's finally done it. He's broken through. Then he backed up the 40 with four. <laughs> he played 16 minutes and had five fouls. I love him so much. The Mavs went into Toronto and beat the Raptors 103-95. Luka was crushing it. OG Ananobi was dunking on everybody. It was pretty gnarly. Bulls beat the Pistons 97-82. The Wolves kicked the crap out of the Pelicans, 96-89. wasn't that close. Uh, the Bucks beat the Spurs, 121-111. Giannis, just a lazy 21-8-8. How good's Doug McDermott, though? He's been really good for the Spurs, 25 points in that one. The Blazers, 134, beat the Suns, 105. The Gri- Oh, that was a crazy game. Suns on a back-to-back, he knew it was coming. And the Grizzlies beat the Clippers in an absolute belter of a game, 120-114. Ja Morant. Out dueling Paul George. Monday's games. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Nets hilariously. 111 95. 
The Sixers beat the Thunder. Embiid made the shit list. 115-103. The Magic, as mentioned. T-Rouse, 22 points in the fourth quarter. They beat the Knicks. 110-104. Celtics beat the Rockets. Despite Jalen Green, like, not missing. He was like 8-10 from three. He was incredible. 107-97. The Warriors beat the Kings. 119-107. And the Lakers outlasted the Grizzlies, as mentioned earlier. Uh, thanks to Carmelo Anthony going off for 28 points. Unbelievable. 121-118. LeBron co- copped a knock in the uh, leg. Didn't feel good. And then today's games, the Nets beat the Wizards 104-90. The Celtics beat the Hornets in overtime 140-129. It was a belter of a game. Tatum had 41. Jalen Brown dunked Miles Bridges into oblivion. Oh. It was great. The Bucks beat the Pacers 119-109. Giannis, just classic in that one. Talk about him in a second. Uh, The Hawks beat the Pistons 122-104. The Heat killed killed the Magic 107-90. So he got straight killed. The Bulls beat the Raptors 111-108. Very, very tense few moments as they close that out on the Bulls, but they got there in the end. Uh, the Pelicans 107 beat the Timberwolves. Hilariously, the Timberwolves just shit the bed massively in that one. 107-98. Cleveland, told you, as mentioned. Cleveland! 99-87. And then the Clippers kicked the shit. That's right. They killed the Trailblazers by a lazy 30 points. So he got straight killed. 116-86. So let's do an NBA Australia pre-performance of the weekend, shall we? Oh, yeah, Jimmy, I reckon we should. <laughs> That's not that nice. That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. Jason Tatum with the 41 today. I really, really improved. Like, just in terms of games where you watch him and you're like, oh, he's putting it together, bro. He's getting it. I love it. So Jalen Brown came back after sitting out last game with uh, knee tendinopathy or whatever it is. And I'll tell you what, Tatum just looked the goods. He went 14 of 28 from the floor in this one. 6 of 12 from 3. He had 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Loved it. The 41 points. But also, I mean, look, we had a couple of absolute crackers. I mentioned Jalen Green's 30-point outing with the 8 threes. Giannis had 30, 10, and 9 for the... uh, What was that? Against the Pacers today? Holy moly. Paul George's 40, 41 against the Clippers. Pretty good, but I'll tell you what. Jamarant. What a weekend. 28 and 8 versus the Clippers, then 40 and 10 against the Lakers. I mentioned after their first game. He's a superstar. No fucking round. Jar Morant, you absolute fucking weapon. And there might be a name that you're uh, like, hey, Jimmy, what about Kevin Grant? We'll talk about him later. But there you go. Tatum, Paul George, Jar, Giannis, Jalen Green. Some absolute classic performances over the weekend. Really, really enjoyed. Cole Anthony, I mentioned that one. Trey was out there crushing it today as well. There's some really, really, really good performances, but I really enjoyed that Tatum game. I'll tell you that much. Really enjoyed it. Uh, let's do a spot of the night. Spud, 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 The night, Doc Rivers. The end of that Brooklyn game was an absolute fucking mess. What are you doing, Doc? Why not use a challenge on either of the horrible calls that go against you? What are you doing? They went for one point in the final five and a half minutes going 0 of 9 from the floor. Oh, it's Ben's fault, though. (laughs) Ah, yikes. 
That was brutal. Danny Green's been horrible as well. Uh, how about Aaron Naismith? He hasn't hit a shot this season. Poor blokes. 0 of 10. 0 of 9 from 3. Uh, didn't play today. So he's gone 0 of 10 in those first three games. Absolutely brutal. But uh, Spud of the Night. Oh, this one hurts my fucking... Ha! Because it's Dame. It's Dame. He went 4 of 15 today, but 0 of 8 from 3. Dame Lillard goes for 12 points against the Clippers. 12! 12! Going up against Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe. What a world. Ah, He's shooting 34% so far this season. He has hit two threes all year. He's 2 of 24. That is fucked. So there you go. Dame, spot of the night. What about old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, it's Dwight. Obviously, it's Dwight. He's never got any mates. Even his own teammates think he's a dickhead. They always think he's a dickhead. Probably because he's a dickhead. But Anthony Davis, probably the least fighty of the big men. (laughs) If there was any big man that you're out there going, ah. To be fair, if I get into a fight with him, I might have a shot. Anthony Davis is definitely top three. And not just the monobrow, it's the, uh, I don't know, go look back at some of the old videos of uh, (laughs) Anthony Davis in college. You're like, okay, okay. And look at him now. Like, he's just so content, so content to ride shotgun with LeBron. And then he just dunks on Dwight, his own teammate, on the bench, front wedges him. What a weird way to attack somebody as well. Oh, I'm going to grab your shirts and pull them back up. What are you doing? What? Really get stuck into him, MAD. It made zero sense, but it was at the same time making a lot of sense because it was Dwight. Yeah. Everybody hates him. So it was just a nice reminder that everybody hates Dwight Howard. Pantsing of the night. Holy shit, there were so many amazing pantsings this weekend. Larry Markinen, the finisher, finished all over the Joker right at the start of that game. That was hilarious. Put Joker in a body bag. Jalen Brown on Miles Bridges. Mo Wagner absolutely killed. He straight killed. He got straight killed. Obi Toppin ain't no stopping Obi Toppin unless you're Mo Wagner. But John Collins, that's a tall cocktail, put his nuts in Luca Garza's face today. And then rode Kelly Olenek like it was fucking Gary Moorcroft on Brad Johnson. Just fucking got up there in the air, over his back, in the same game. John Collins out there baptizing motherfuckers like he's John the Baptist. That was awesome. So, I don't know, lots of pantsings there. <laughs> just It was on for young and old, I felt. I felt like everybody just sort of hit the point of the season where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting in the flow of the game now. Bang! Left, right, and center Ant-Man was cramming on dudes. There's about three others I've forgotten. God damn, it's pretty good. Enjoying the pantsics. Uh, better than Lonzo Ball. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, a bit of a rough one when Lonzo is at the head of a four-and-zip team and actually had a triple-double on the weekend, 17-10-10 and 10 against the Pelicans. But Jimmy was against the Pelicans, man. Yeah, I know. He also uh, blocked the shit out of a Corey Joseph against Denver, uh, against Detroit. That was pretty funny. 13 and 4 on that one today. He had 15 and 5, hit five threes. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Ah, but Miles Bridges. 
I'll tell you what, Lonzo is crushing it. I'm happy for him because it gives us a fun baseline. It doesn't mean a dude like Miles Bridges, the number 12 pick a year after Lonzo goes uh, two. Uh, but remember, Miles Bridges could have come out in 2017, the same year as Lonzo and Tatum and co., but came out in 2018. He probably dropped a little bit in the yard uh, draft than he would have had he gone out in 17, but he wanted to stay in college for next year. Good on him. Tell you what, I'm excited. I mentioned he's a weekend winner. He had 32-7 and seven against Cleveland. Whoa, really? Against Cleveland? Cleveland! 30-9 and nine against Brooklyn, then 25-10-3 and three against Boston today. What a run. He is crushing it. I'll tell you what, it's lovely to see because now he's got a bit of space, a little room, but a bit more usage. He's showing what he can do, and I love it. Good on you, Miles Bridges. Today, you are better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, here it is. Let's talk about Joel Embiid versus Josh Giddy and that fucking Sixers commentator. Dickhead of the Week! All right, let's air this one out. Allah Abdul Nabi, the Sixers analyst. But there's no need to be a massive, massive fuckhead, is there? You can't care less about Josh Giddy. Is that right? I could care less about Josh Giddy, he says. So, if you haven't seen the clip, of course you've seen the clip. Joel Embiid goes up to, uh, I don't know, block contested Josh Giddy uh, layup in the last minute and a half of that Sixers OKC game. It's like a 13-point game at that point. And Giddy's in the air. Embiid comes in late, demolishes it on him, and basically falls over the top of him like a fucking arsehole. And, look, I'm all, you know, me, I'm all for playing to the last whistle, and that's what Giddy was doing, and that's kind of what Embiid was doing. But, look, A, it was a dirty fucking play. We all know that. Gids is rising, and he's midair when Embiid, before even Embiid goes up, right? So Embiid hits him at the peak of his, uh, of his leap, and that basically negates his chance of landing balanced, or correctly, you know that it's going to fuck him up at some point, right? And it's a minute and a half to go. Let's demolish the new kid. Sure, that's fine. That's just a shitty play from Joel Embiid. But B, how many fucking times do we have to see a Gordon Hayward snapped in half leg or a Paul George or a fucking Bogut actually in that exact same situation to know it's fucked to do that, specifically at that point of the game? But C... How is this piece of shit saying, well, I could care less about Giddy. I could care less about Josh Giddy potentially getting fucking hurt. Mate, you're an absolute fucking piece of shit if you look at that and go, I couldn't give a fuck about the guy who could have just suffered a major fucking injury because a dude twice his fucking size made a dirty play. You, Allah Abdul Nabi, you are a fucking cockwomble and you can go get fucked. All right, let's do some really quick Yenars right after this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Yenars are brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, ah, oh, it's getting nice out. That's right, it's time for beers out and about. But don't go to the bottle, oh. It's gross. Bring the bottle o to you at thedailyliquor.com and get a free six-pack for using the code STRAYER. Just go to thedailyliquor.com. All the wines, cocktails, beers you need. Now they deliver it to you, Rona-free. So to the Melbourne metro area, 
same day delivery before noon. So go get around the dailyliquor.com right now. Smash that code Strayer. Spend 20 wingwams and get a free sixer on your mate Jimmy. Boom. And thank me later when you're just drinking some free beers. Love it. Right. Yeah, nah's bunch of listener ones. Jez Oz. Jimmy. Yeah, nah. Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving. This would be funny as fuck. Yeah, nah. Yeah. A, it'd be funny as shit because you have Russell, KD, and Harden back together again. The same as they were on OKC, which is hilarious. And then you'd have Kyrie with LeBron again. It's perfect. Just do it. Phone it in already. A, or B, it's funny as fuck. C, I'm just on board with it. From a basketball point of view, I'm kind of here for it. Like, I tend to think Russell might actually work better with Harden and KD than he will with AD and LeBron, you know? Bit weird. And Kyrie's obviously just a fucking lunatic, so let LeBron deal with that. Scotty Baxter also added a uh, Irving for Westbrook and saying that that would be awesome. But he also threw in, yeah, nah, Jimmy, Simmons for Irving. Do it, you cowards. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to this point where I do wonder if Kyrie is going to just end up shitting KD and Harden up the wall to a point where they're like, actually, we now don't care if you fucking trade this idiot. And Sean Marks is going to be like, all right, done. (laughs) Daryl, Daryl, I've got a call for you. And off they go. Irving for Simmons. Look, I think it fixes a little bit about the Nets. Obviously, it helps the Sixers. It's a win-win. Just do it, you cowards. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, And maybe, uh, just maybe, Simo can keep his $5 million fucking pad there in New Jersey. Still a bit of a drive, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and Scotty Baxter also throws in, yeah, nah, Jimmy, the Dwight AD fight was 100% over the fact that AD made the 75 list and Dwight didn't. Yeah, nah, and yeah, look, I've had a little, you know, a little bit of time to sit on this. And I mean, look, I think Dame will end up being probably a top 75 player when all is said and done. But at the same time, like, Dwight was like the best player at his position for years and years and years and years and years. And years. And I don't know if people remember just how fucking good he was, right? So it seemed just weird that it does seem, though, that when you turn into an absolute fucking shitbird, that's going to be a bit of a punish. If teams can't stand to have you around for more than a season at a time, then that is going to count against you in the top 75 of all time list. And I'm now, look, I feel like from a specifically statistical point of view, Dwight should have been on it, but it also should count that no one wanted him around after his peak at all. (laughs) And you know, oh, it's a tough one. I still reckon probably over Dame, over Rusty, he has got a ring. He did take a team to the finals. You know? You know? Anyway, a couple of other good ones for tomorrow uh, from Luke Fragona, Brad McEgan, Mad Dog, some other good ones as well. But we're flying through today's show, so we'll cover that tomorrow. Uh, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Um, I think early returns. Do you think front office personnel should be held to account a little bit more? Because I do. I kind of feel like coaches are way too often the scapegoats for shitty front offices. I mean, we've kind of just seen it happen, right, in Portland. I mean, 
and Dallas to an extent. Like Dallas basically also got rid of the front office at the same time, but Portland, like the front office can never find the right mix of players around their superstars and the coaches pay the price. And here we are. Like you look at Dallas, you look at Portland, the results are kind of the same, if not worse. They've just flipped coaches and yet, I don't know. Like look at Indy. They get rid of Nate McMillan, goes on to do great things in Atlanta. It's like, I don't know. What have you done here? (laughs) Maybe you should be changing some of the players around front office people rather than just blaming the coach. And Sacramento, always a shit show, just can't get the coach right. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you just need to completely clear that place out. Houston, similar vibes. I don't know, man. I just like, I'm starting to feel like coaches, uh, for as much as I hate their sort of weird, closed, oh, you've got you to be a coach to understand it. They do cop probably more organizational blame than they deserve. You know? Sounds good? Good. Outback Takehouse time then. Let's do it. Let's bloody well do it. It's Tuesday at Outback. You know what that means? That's right. I went down the end paddock and beat the shit out of a kangaroo because it was trying to fight my dog. But then I kicked the shit out of it, chucked her on the barbie, and I'll tell you what, flames up real nice. Goes great as a flame grilled take, and today's flame grilled takes are... Dame is shooting like shit to make sure that the Blazers suck. So they trade him, and he doesn't cop any of the blame. Only at Outback. And as an extra special bonus take today, the Celtics are going to be a better team this year because Ime Udoka actually gets pissed off and angry and doesn't want to fucking blow the opposition like Brad Stevens did. That's right. Brad Stevens was soft, and so were the Brad Stevens Celtics. You can already see the fire in this Ime Udoka team that the Celtics under Stevens never had only an outback to be honest i'm kind of on board with that uh continuing to fly through stuff i uh, will do the big uh australian player watch catch up tomorrow just because you know i'm trying to cram all this in a very short amount of time so let's do the andrew gaze green mumba award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence it's the andrew gaze green mumba Easy one for me. I mentioned him earlier in the uh, NBA Australia approved performance of the week. His game against Charlotte was immense. He went 17-24 and 38 points, and his team still lost. It's Kevin Durant. So he's just gone a lazy 32-29, 38-25 to start off the season, and the Nets are 2-2. And, two. and it does feel like uh, KD has to sort of do everything and then hope that the rest of his dudes show up for them to get a win. Which is probably not what he envisioned when he bought into fucking Kyrie's idea of going to Brooklyn and starting up their own fun team. Obviously, their first mistake was bringing DeAndre fucking Jordan with him. Uh, but anyway, so 32-11 and 11 against the Bucks in this season opener. 29-15-12 and 12 against Philly on the weekend. An absolute belter of a triple-double. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible that game. 38-5-3 against Charlotte. As mentioned, the game they lost. And then 25-8-4. He's shooting 56.5% so far from the floor. Only 32% from three. But he's leading the league in scoring. He's absolutely crushing it. Kevin Durant. Remember, 
the fact that he's this fucking good after doing an Achilles is just mind-boggling. So, appreciate him. He's back. I love him. Right, Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. I'm just loving all the love that Paddy's getting uh, from around the league. It is funny that you talk about, oh, well, why would you... I mean, if they can pay you the same amount or even more, why would you stay? Like, why would you not stay in a small market, man? Like, it's all good. Just look at Paddy Mills and how much appreciation he copped after fucking a million years in San Antonio. He's played four games for the Nets, and he's beloved. <laughs> His fucking Q ratings have got through the fucking roof. Ah, oh, I love it. But anyway, he's like getting fucking Brooklyn Nets tweets, pictures. Good night, mate. And a whole bunch of other ones they're doing. They're putting out his uh, thing. Basically, the love is massive. So the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in is uh, just the Patty tweet from the Nets, which I loved. And then the ice cold one. But he's also, look, just one of the most delightful dudes to watch. And I very, very much enjoyed his uh, Twitter game as well of late. Because he also dropped in the other day. Rex Chapman tweeted out, Name a random sports star from your childhood. I'll go first. Yvonne Gulagong. And uh, Patty Mills retweeted that saying, Solid Rex, superhero from my childhood. And I uh, love it. So Patty Mills, absolutely crushing it. And there you go. Just a real uh, stark reminder of small markets versus big ones. And what the difference can be. Right. Game previews. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. You missed me the other day. Yeah, I did. I did miss him. I missed the inadvertent vein. What is going on? But either way, it's because the game previews and picks are brought to you by DraftKings. That's right, our mates at DraftKings. The new season here, and the boys from down under are getting right amongst it. You'll love to see that. You can take on the competition as well. Get right in amongst it with DraftKings.com. That's right, daily fantasy. If you think you've got what it takes to be smarter than everybody then all you need to do is prove it <laughs> with DraftKings. If you're new to Daily Fantasy, look, it's super easy. Basically, you log, basically you create a DraftKings account, join a contest, pick your players, stay within the salary cap, like Supercoach or something like that. Sit back, watch your players climb the leaderboard for your shot at massive prizes. So to enter, just go to dkng.co slash strayer. That's dkng.co slash strayer. All the links are on our socials and on the website. So go check it out. Uh, basically, all you do, just pick a lineup. How smart are you? Who's going to go off today? This is who I reckon. So what are you waiting for? Think what it, you've got what it takes to beat me. I'm playing daily every day. It's awesome. Get right around it. Enter now with DraftKings.com. DKNG.co slash tryout. Right, game previews and picks. On the weekend, we went 16 of 24. Crushing it. So we missed it an entire day, though, with the picks because... I was too sick yesterday, which is crazy. Uh, but 16 to 24 across Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which is massive. I think we went 8 of 10 on the, uh, was it, Saturday. That was great. Uh, Wednesday, though, look, oh, that means we're 25 of 40 for the season, which is amazing. Uh, tomorrow's games, we've got the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. This is going to be massive. You know that the Knicks fans are going to let the Sixers know about Ben Simmons, which is going to be hilarious. I think the Sixers thrive in that. They're one-and-a-half-point underdogs. No, one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking the Sixers. Sixers minus one-and-a-half. Give me that in a heartbeat. It's going to be fascinating to see how Embiid goes up against the other Mitch Robinson and the uh, New York City bigs. But I think Philly just have enough for the Knicks. 
Golden State go to OKC. They're only nine and a half point favorites. I'm taking that in a heartbeat. I talked about OKC before. Even though this will be at home, I just hate their chemistry. I think they're a rabble. I don't know what is going on there, but I think Golden State are on an absolute belter and they kick the crap out of them. Houston at Dallas. They're 10 and a half point underdogs. I'm going to take Houston to stick with Dallas a little bit closer here. Uh, I don't think they win, but I think they cover. Dallas's defense hasn't impressed me so far. And Houston can at least sort of maybe hit enough shots to stick close enough to maybe get a backdoor cover and lose by about 8 or 10. So I'll take the 10.5. Lakers go to San Antonio. And they're 4.5-point favorites. I think I'm going to take the Lakers here. I don't really want to. Because while it's on the road, I just don't know if San Antonio got anybody to slow down pretty much anybody on the Lakers. And it does feel very much like the game where you're like, oh, Russell, that's right, he's good. And finally, Utah take on Denver, which... Would be a pretty fun game, but Denver, I'll run a back-to-back and then travel to Utah, which is just pretty tough. Go Bear versus Joker. It should be fun, but I'm going to take Utah minus 7.5, and, and away we go because, look, Utah looked sneakily fine to start the season. Denver up and down on a back-to-back. I'm just going to go Utah. They're a handy team. So there you go. Philly minus 1.5. Golden State minus 9.5. Houston plus 10.5. Lakers minus 4.5. Utah minus 7.5. Jeez, Jimmy, go out on a limb, bro. Four out of five favorites. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not so sure about the Lakers one. I think San Antonio, they might be able to scheme them out, but I don't know. I just have a feeling that this is the game where everyone goes, oh, see, shouldn't bury the Lakers, man. And off we go. I'm more worried probably about the Philly one than anything else. Yeah. Right. That's it. Oh, jeez. All right. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, sorry about yesterday. What are you going to do? And uh, again, today's show, what, ran a little bit long, but we did cram a lot in there. And I still feel like we missed out on shit. So uh, tomorrow, hopefully, if the squid is able to go back to daycare, we should be back and uh, feeling good. And the plan is to have week one overreactions tomorrow. So keep your uh, head on about that. We'll hopefully make that nice and fun. So make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey, IGs. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with me and Gaz chopping it up each week about the NFL. That one will not be out tomorrow. It'll be out Thursday uh, just because of scheduling. Just a prick of a thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's what happens when you just get completely waylaid for like a 24 to 36-hour period. Jesus. Anyway, Adam is out there with World Wrestling Australia on this week's World Wrestling Australia. Adam's joined by a co-host. They break down WWE Crown Jewel, NXT's consistent support of Aussie talent. How good that is. Rhea Ripley losing her luggage. Broden from Arnie Donna, friend of the program here, and his appearance on the Jonah Drone podcast, and a whole heap more. So subscribe to FWCIE on Twitter for more, or subscribe to FWCIE uh, Sports and Gaming on YouTube. Go check it all out on YouTube, World Wrestling Australia. Also, buy some merch, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Buy a t-shirt or two. Off you go. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on, I don't ask for too much. Start of a new season. If you haven't rated review, what are you doing? Uh, Manscaped.com. Get around the lawnmower 4.0 and a bunch of the amazing men's grooming products at Manscaped. Use the code STRAYA. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get a free six-pack if you're in Melbourne. Uh, Knowable. Download that up from the App Store. Get 20% off with the code STRAYA as well. And big thanks go to From Ozo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're open running out of time. Is out now. And Joshua Delaretta's Fascinated. Gold Mines. Ramshackle Army. Iowa. Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Thanks to them. Give them a smash on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. And there we go. 
so should you. Oh, mate, what a crazy fucking 36 hours this has been. Absolutely loose as a goose. All right, we'll close out today's show, I reckon, with a classic cooking with Bainesy. How does that sound? <laughs> Why the hell not? All right, back to our regular programming, hopefully tomorrow. I love you guys. Thanks for all the uh, messages and all the, oh, Jimmy, where's the show, you dickhead? And me going, I'm too frail. I can't do anything. Everything hurts, bro. <laughs> it was fucked, but I appreciate all the thoughts. Thanks, homies. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later and Cooking with Bansy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bansy with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Oh, look at you over there. Oh, yes. I see you over there, Cheryl. You're here every week. Oh, I love you too. Oh, I love you too, hon. Yes, look at you. Oh, this is great. Oh, thank you. Come on. Oh, settle down. Settle down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for that. That's Ripper. All right, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. And I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. Yep, that's it. Cooking with Bainesy. I love this. And in this here episode, we are going to whip you up one of my absolute favourite Australian classics that you can have whenever. You can have it for brekkie, you can have it for lunch, you can have it for tea. It is that absolute modern Australian classic. It's avocado toast! Oh, yes! That's right, it's an absolute Aussie classic now, mate. And after I got this recipe from a little mate, Deli, I love me some avo toast. And, oh... Maybe not as much as my mate Dally, <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, it's easy as, mate. I punch through enough of this that it definitely helps me keep up this physique, you know what I mean? Every brekkie, I'm on this train, so I reckon you better jump on board. All right, so it is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and just grab a loaf of whatever bread you like to toast up. Me, I like a bit of multigrain. I like a little bit more crunch in my toast. Just like the screens I set for the Celtics, a bit of crunch is what I like. Then I grab a ripe old avo, grab a lemon on your way out, and away we go. All right, now, and this is very important. A lot of people try to do fancy shit to avo toast. And look, you can if you really, really want to get all fancy pantsy. You can put some goat's cheese on there. You can some, put some tomatoes in there. You can put a bit of red onion if you feel like it. Sprinkle some of that bullshit ducker, which I think is just fucking crumbs or whatever the fuck shit it is. But anyway, all you actually need to do is keep it simple as, mate. Toast. Avo. Bit of lemon. So it's simple. Fang your bread in the toaster. Then sit back. 
crack a tin and let it all get nice and browned up. Doesn't matter what time of the day it is either. When you're cracking a tin and cooking with Bainesy, it's always time for a tin. So, now, slice up your avo, dump it into a bowl, scoop it out. Yep, there you go. Scoop her out into a bowl. Now, mush that bastard up into a paste. Just mush her up. There you go. Just mush her up. Fuck it. There you go. Yep. Now, once that's done, it's all mushed up all nice. Get your knife. Now, your taste is done. She's popped up. Get your toast out. Now, slather that avo all over your toast about, uh, you can go one to two inches thick, I reckon. That's how I usually go, eh? Absolute, just smother it in avo. Beautiful, look at that. They drizzle a bit of lemon on top, and away we go. Just bloody well, look at that. Put a bit of salt and pepper on top, and all you have to do then, get your bloody munch on. Oh, how good is that? It is an absolute bloody ripper of a treat. The best bit is it's good for any time of day. Brekkie, avo toast. Lunch, avo toast. Two, avo toast. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And look, of course, you've got to make sure you get your avos when they're in season or else you'll never be able to afford a bloody house. All right, how easy was that? Thanks to my little mate Deli for the recipe. And I hope you all enjoy it too. All right. Avo taste. Legendary. All right. Tune in next week for a brand new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Mainzies.